You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast. Gosh, got to town, hotel didn't have any vacancy, like my headlamp stopped working. Like it was my first 30 mile day of the trail because the place I planned on staying wasn't, didn't have any vacancy. It was just a, a disaster of a day. Um, so yes, oh on my way out of the Apalachicola National Forest, <laughs> I made sure to get a picture of me, like puffy eyes. I had just been like sobbing. Um, <laughs> so my eyes are all puffy. I'm like caked in mud and I just flipped the bird. That was Claire Sparrow Jarvis, 2022 Florida Trail Thru-Hiker, and I'm Misty Ridley-Little, your host for the podcast. As a nature lover, I am drawn to those who share the wonders of Florida's natural history as they document their hikes along the way. Claire's Instagram account caught my eye well before their 2022 thru-hike and still captures my interest today, even though they are no longer on a thru-hiking journey. The perspective Claire offered on both their Florida Trail and subsequent Appalachian Trail thru-hikes was one I deeply appreciated. We talk about those hikes, but also about their background prior to coming to the thru-hiking world, life after thru-hiking, and determining whether thru-hiking is in their future and how to best enjoy a hike for oneself. We also talk about Claire's very excellent art, another perspective from their Instagram accounts that I have appreciated. All right, on to my conversation with Claire Jarvis. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm very excited to actually finally talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. Your account has been one of my favorite Florida Trail uh, hiking accounts and overall, like generally hiking outdoor accounts to follow. And uh, it's great that we're finally catching up. But if you can introduce yourself a little bit, if people don't follow you on Instagram, uh, a little bit about yourself and uh, your background and how you came to hike on the Florida Trail. Yeah, uh, my name is Claire Jarvis. My pronouns are they, them. Um, I, gosh, I've always been an outdoor cat. Um, Was around backpacking when I was a kid. My dad would take me and my sisters out on little pieces of the AT and trails around the the Southern Appalachians when I was a kid. Um, Moved to Chicago from Florida when I was 17 thought that I was going to be on an orchestral clarinet player. Oh, wow. <laughs> didn't pan out. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, to be 18 again. I know. Um, <laughs> dropped out of music school. Um, and for a summer, went and worked on a farm in Scotland. And oh, wow. that, I think, was a pretty transformative experience. And that it got me like really thinking about the outdoors for the first time since I had been a little kid. Um, and how powerful outdoor spaces can be. It was this farm overlooking like the Atlantic Ocean on this like seaside cliff. It was stupid beautiful. Um, and I came back to the States and ended up moving to Georgia to study landscape architecture. Um, yeah, so did kind of a 180 from the music thing. But if I was going to go to college, I wanted it to be for something that could get me outside. Yeah, uh, And then that became a gateway drug of itself. And that's how I found botany. It was through landscape architecture. Right. Um, just kind of a plant adjacent um, profession. So yeah, I got really into botany, um, had a disastrous relationship. It ended and I said, screw it. I'm going to go through hike. I'd wanted to since I was a little kid. Um, yeah. I'd wanted to do the AT since I was a little kid, but I figured I didn't want to start with the trail that everyone starts with. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a trail that, was a little unconventional and like maybe a little like underloved and underappreciated, misunderstood. I'm kind of a 
I've always considered myself a little bit of like a, not an outcast, but a little unusual. So I wanted to hike a trail that was a little unusual to start off, which is how I ended up um, choosing the Florida Trail as my first through hike. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of questions from all of that. That's really, for one, I guess the first one is like, it's really cool that you even knew what through hiking was as like a kid, because Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly didn't know what a through hike was until I was, you know, 28 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what, you know, so that's really cool. Did, so does your parents introduce you to that or how to just being on the Appalachian trail, you knew, Hey, people walk this for, you know, 2000 miles. Yeah. uh, So in our family, if you were 10 years old, you were old enough to backpack. So whatever the first summer that you were 10, you were taken on the family backpacking trip. Oh, okay. Um, and we ended up doing pieces of the AT. My, my dad was a Boy Scout master oh, okay. who had three daughters or two daughters <laughs> and a Fruit Loop. Um, <laughs> uh, so we ended up on the AT in the summertime, which is when a lot of the Rikers are going through. And we just met these characters. I remember this one specific dude He's an older, he was in his 60s. His name was Sarge. That was his trail name. Uh, he had a dog named Boy. And it was just like third or fourth time, just like hiking up and down the AT. And he was the first through hiker I ever met. Just like this eccentric, really happy old man. Um, and that, that's my first t- memory of like knowing what a through hike sort of was. Though I don't think I had a concept of what 2000 miles was. When I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody yeah. has that until they do it. Like, oh, it's joking. it's different when you walk in yeah okay well that's really cool that you grew up in a family that said hey you're 10 now you can go backpack and uh introduce you to all of those those opportunities and yeah did you keep that up yeah. as a, as a teen and stuff did you go hiking and still or were you you said you liked music for so me to become an yeah indoor. yeah i i kind of phased out of the outdoor thing like i i always played outside and stuff um but yeah, I think I backpacked ages like 10 through 14 or 15 and then was just like a dorky, like nerdy high schooler. Yeah. Uh, went to music school, li- lived in Chicago. So I was like, in the city, didn't like, really think about the outdoors. Um, so yeah, I, I there was like 10, 10 years of my life when I didn't really even think about it too much. Right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us transition into that, that phase of life where... It's, it's a whole different world you know as a teen and and you know your early 20s there's so much going mm-hmm. on transitions and you know from school and living at home and now you have to go to college and live what <laughs> you know yeah yeah and in the middle of like a giant midwestern city that's too it's like hurts your skin it's so cold for six yeah. or seven months of the year yeah yeah um but it was really moving to georgia and also being being in a really rough relationship that I needed a lot of space from a lot of the time that kind of drove drove me outside and now I'm really really grateful for it yeah I mean if I hadn't had those formative childhood experiences I would not have even known where to start um because my my first solo backpacking experiences were disastrous but they would have been even worse (laughs) if I had never been before right so you said you lived in Florida. Did mm-hmm. did you guys backpack in Florida too, or just your dad always took y'all up to the mountains? No, I think my dad took my sisters. When this is before I was ten, I, I'm I'm the youngest kid. Um, he took my sisters. I think along the Withlacoochee River one time, and it was a nightmare. Like they <laughs> they would always tell stories about how awful that backpacking trip was. So I think they tried it once and then just never went back. And that's why, like 
I had never considered hiking in Florida because all I heard about was their like awful mosquito ridden, like, humid, soggy <laughs> with Lakuchi backpacking trip. Yeah. So when you got to Georgia and you started, you know, living and working there and starting backpacking and hiking a lot there, what you said you got out of a relationship and that kind of was what threw you into through hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess in the Florida trail came up as, as one to do, was that mm-hmm. the first one that you thought of or was there other other smaller trails you were thinking of too nothing smaller i knew i wanted to go go pretty big uh i was ready for a for a really hard reset and and for for a second i was thinking of doing the at first and i was like no 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 i gotta do i gotta do the ft um yeah yeah i'd, I'd learned of the florida trail through mostly youtube like a friend that had stayed at my place at some point in like 2017 and he threw on the YouTube channel, uh, Jupiter hikes. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I was watching this and I'd never heard of the Florida trail before, but I was just like fascinated that there was this like beautiful, like very long adventure that you could have entirely <laughs> in the state of Florida. Yeah. That's probably, I think 2017 is probably when he set his record maybe or right after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I remember watching videos of him and his like girlfriend at the time. Um, hike it. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Well, that's awesome that you, you kind of came away into a whole different world and ended up through hiking and this whole nature and plants and, um, yeah. do, do you still play clarinet at all? Or is that a whole different world? Do you not into anymore? Uh, I don't play it a ton. I played it in an over the garden wall cover band a couple of years ago, which is a silly cartoon show. Um, but other than that, no, I was, I was a classical player and unless you've got like three to five hours a day to dedicate to practicing, you just like can't play at that caliber. So it's mostly, but just been collecting dust. I might pick it up one day to play in a more low key setting. Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you're on the floor, you decided you're going to hike the Florida trail and, um, I guess, did you have any, I know you did some tests, like pre-hikes and things like that to kind of get mm-hmm. some trail legs and ideas of what to expect but was it like yeah I talk about your experiences because it's kind of a baptism by fire for so many people <laughs> yeah yeah Wait, I you went southbound right I went northbound on oh, the Florida right. trail and southbound on the Appalachian trail that's what I, yeah. I missed them up okay mm-hmm. um yeah I decided to through hike like eight months before I actually did it and I had a ton of time to prepare so I think I was one of the lucky ones in that when I started the FT, like, though it is a really, like, weird, crazy thing to start your thru-hiking experience, like, going into Big Cypress, um, I had done a ton of research. I had watched Jupiter's videos. I had watched all of Dixie's videos on the Florida Trail. I had, like, spreadsheets of, like, <laughs> dollar amounts and ounces. And, like, I, like, over-prepared, which is very, like, very me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did all that, and then I did a couple of shakedown hikes. I did one hike just to test my gear out up in the um, mountains on the Bartram Trail mm-hmm. in, um, in Georgia, Georgia, North Carolina. And then I did another shakedown in the Green Swamp, actually on the Florida Trail, yeah. but on a part that I didn't hike during my through hike. Yeah. And that gave yeah. me a good taste for what I was getting into. So was it? did it meet your expectations of... of- hitting on the Florida trail when you went through big Cypress or was it better or worse? Mm, It hit my expectations. I think the thing that 
was the most jarring to me wasn't the trail itself. It was like through hiker culture. Um, just because I started out in Big Cypress, but I was around a lot of people who had already hiked, you know, between two and 10,000 miles. Yeah. Um, and getting used to all like the cultural norms. That was the biggest shock to me. Big Cypress was awesome. The swamp was amazing. Uh, it's pretty much what I thought I was signing up for. But the biggest adjustment to through hiking was through hikers, I think. Yeah, no, I think that is, that's a good point because it's something we don't really talk about too much. And I can see what you're saying because when I was mm -hmm. hiking the AT and there were several people who had many thousands of miles under their belt and they were hiking faster. And I'm like, why can't I do that? And you mm -hmm. gotta remember like, okay, their, their bodies have been <laughs> already manipulated for this. And <laughs> yes. it's weird, yeah, it's a weird, uh, and through hiking has become so much more popular since we even did our hikes. So mm -hmm. what year did you do the AT? Uh, 2010 and okay, uh, yeah. in 2011. And I mean, it was busy then, but like mm -hmm. more so now. So yeah, you didn't, you didn't have 30 or 40 North founders a day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting too. You also bring up that there's a through hiking culture on the Florida trail because uh, so many people are now that they're discovering the Florida trail. This is their like third or fourth trail that they've hiked mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're coming to it with a completely different perspective than so many people who made it their first hike. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so how were, how was that? I guess the culture itself, did you find it positive or negative or just, it was just odd. Um, a little bit of everything. Some of it was positive. Some of it, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, yeah. For the most part, really positive, though. Um, I was able to learn really quickly a lot of stuff that was extremely valuable, especially as far as like hiking logistics goes. Um, there were there was a a gang of maybe like t eight to ten of us in the beginning of the trail. And if I hadn't been like kind of taken under their wing and like shown like, here's how you resupply and like, here's how you utilize, you know, free water and how to find power outlets and like where to take breaks, when to take breaks, like what mileage is reasonable. Um, I learned a ton. And if I hadn't, if it hadn't been for those people, I would have been super miserable. Oh wow. And like very distraught, I think yeah. in the first week or two, um, cause you, you are thrown, in, thrown into the deep end if you're going northbound on the Florida trail. Yes, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah you get the swamp and then you have a giant road walk or levee walk for <laughs> forever. Yeah. For so, like yeah. three or four days. Yeah. 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 So that's good that you got to hike with other hikers and it was a positive experience because I know so many people who do hike the Florida trail come to it wanting that solitude and that solitude mm. has definitely changed. I mean, it's still out there. You just don't. Oh yeah. You just don't start with the bubble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So did you go? Did you go to the kickoff? I did go to the kickoff, which was awesome. Um, yeah, I went. I stayed for one night and then, and then hiked out the next morning. Okay, that's good. Yeah, someday I would love to go to a kickoff and just talk to hikers. And I've even thought about like it'd be really fun to hike with them and kind of just hear their perspectives going across Big Cypress. And oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I I really want to do that. I don't know what year that it will ever happen, but that's mm -hmm. like a dream. Because <laughs> yeah, to hike across Big Cypress again is always something to look forward to. I think. Yes. Um, so yeah, so you, you have this background as a landscape architect and she kind of become like a botanist or naturalist. Um, 
I don't know. I, I was gonna say amateur, but I don't know if you're really amateur. You know, pretty much you're you're pretty good with your stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm amateur in that I'm not like formally educated. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But so, were you looking forward to seeing like Florida plants and ecosystems? Because I mean, I'm sure you've been living in Georgia for a while. You hadn't really been mm. familiar with what you know was going on in Florida. Were you excited about that? Yeah, I I knew a little bit of what's going on in Florida, just since my my hometown is Lakeland, Florida. Okay. Um, and the Western corridor of the FT pass is pretty close to that. So I was like somewhat familiar with, um, like Oak hammock plants and some swamp plants, but yeah, I knew that the state of Florida for the size that it is, you get so many different kinds of ecosystems. Um, and I think that's what I was most jazzed about going into the whole thing. Um, just knowing all the different kinds of environments that I would get to walk through. Yeah. And that's something that I think the Florida trail really has on the AT like AT is great. AT is beautiful. A plus, but um, you know, on the AT you'll be in the same forest around yeah. the same plants for like days and day like weeks at a time. Whereas on the Florida trail in one day, you'll go through like swamp and like this arid sandy ridge and rolling fields and pine forests and oak palm hammocks and you just get so much um the, the variety was really really refreshing yeah no i think that is definitely something that people don't take when they say like oh it's florida oh it's flat i'm like sure but mm -hmm. you know like an inch of terrain change is a like drastic oh. diversity here <laughs> yes it's so cool um because i mean in in mountain ecosystems to get that change, you need hundreds of feet of elevation difference. But in Florida, you can go from swamp to like desert-like bone dry, sandy ridge in like 20 or 30 feet of yeah. elevation change. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe talk about some of your favorite ecosystems that you went through. I mean, like you said, there's so many different mm -hmm. types and uh, you know, they're all varied. And I, I mean, I could be, I could probably think of like, oh, I really like that one. And then somebody would mention something else like, oh, but I like that one too. So, so yeah. anything that tops tops your mind? Um, Some of the first things that come to mind, man, that trail is so cool. It's, it's hard to pick because the whole trail is awesome. But in order from like south to north, as I was kind of going, I loved the like live oak palm hammocks mm -hmm. that you would get. Um, like in the Kissimmee Prairie area yeah, yeah. when you're walking through grassland and then suddenly you're in this like magical like prehistoric feeling like wet juicy ferny palm wonderland it was just it felt like you were in another universe and you get that feeling in a bunch of different places on that trail you get it there um gosh up in the Suwannee area in some of those forests along the river, you just get monster live oaks, like nothing I've seen on the Eastern seaboard, which is just like completely enchanting. And you get those paired with all the natural springs. And it's just, yeah, it's just like alien landscape that you feel shouldn't exist, but it does. And it's in Florida, which is crazy. Because <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> think Florida's kind of like an armpit of a state. Yeah. Um, and parts of it certainly are yeah <laughs> um and then i think the the last like real real humdinger <laughs> was um up in the panhandle in the eglin air force base area you just get these weird 
uh, like crystal clear creeks running over sandy bottoms. Um, I think the the actual creeks and the ravines that they make are called the, the steephead ravines mm-hmm. that all lead into the Apalachicola River uh, watershed. But that was another just like, is this real? What's going on? Where am I? Kind of moment. It it, it was like swimming pools. It was nuts. I agree. It was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I was Eglin, Eglin in that area. Um, you know, west from Apalachicola West, like all of those natural mm-hmm. areas. I was like, where am I? Is this really Florida? Are you sure? And there's just yeah. like amazing habitat that you know I. I lived in South Florida for most of my Mm -hmm. time there and I hardly ever got to the panhandle. So I didn't even realize all of that existed and it was just, it's bananas. Yeah. 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 Um, The, the panhandle of Florida and especially the Apalachicola national forest area, that's, that's the densest biodiversity of woody plants of anywhere in North America. Wow. Um, Yeah. So walking into that, I was just getting my mind blown by the diversity of stuff that was in those ravines. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. So, okay. So speaking of plants and diversity, like, was there any Mm -hmm. plants on your mind that you're like, I need to see this. I have never seen it before. Did you happen to come across anything you had on, on your mind? Um, To the botanist out there, this sounds like kind of a lame answer and kind of the obvious answer, but pitcher plants. I wanted to see them so bad. I'd never seen them in the wild before this. Oh, wow. Um, and I saw it wasn't really the season for them yet. I was like a month early walking through that area in February and early March, but I did see a few crispy ones. <laughs> and then um, I did get to see a really cool, um, it was Saracenia purpurea, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the purple pitcher plant. I saw some that was like budding and getting ready to flower. So that was really sweet. Um, but I'm glad that I went through the dormant season, even though I didn't get to see pictures, I also didn't get attacked by yellow flies. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, the pros and cons and sometimes the pros, the cons are, you know, the ones you're okay with. Yeah. yeah. I also had heard that there was mountain laurel that grows in the panhandle. And even though I didn't see it blooming, I like got to walk through a bunch of mountain laurel, which was absolutely like mind blowing to me uh, being that far South. So that was a cool one, even though it wasn't showy and covered in flowers. It was extremely cool. Yeah. Now, did you get to see any orchids, especially down towards the south end? Mm, I saw an invasive orchid. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it was really pretty. Um, I didn't see a ton of orchids. I did get to see a really cool, this might have been my favorite plant on the trail. It was a species of Asimina, which oh, is yeah. the same genus as um, Papa. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember the species name of this one, but... I thought it was an orchid when I first saw it. It was in full bloom. It was these beautiful, like delicate white and like magenta flowers. The the flower stalk was probably three or four feet tall. Oh wow! In the Three Lakes Wildlife Management Area. It, oh my gosh, it was so pretty. I took a bajillion photos of it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I know there's like a couple rare pawpaws, and then there's like the one I know of is like small flower and then oh and that's pretty mm-hmm. a pretty small one and then um the netted i think netted papa mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. And I've, I, I, I'm, I'm like i know there's some rare ones and some really cool ones but i can't like think of the name of the, the top of my head but yeah really cool that you guys some, those. yeah but yeah not a whole ton of orchids it wasn't really the season for it i saw lots of cool orchid foliage in big cypress but it wasn't the season for them to be blooming so i Still don't really know what species I saw because it was just leaves growing on um, the trunks of the the dwarf cypresses. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, well, how about the cypress? Like, yeah, going to the cypress swamp and the dwarf cypresses, like, what was that like for you, too? Because that's not exactly a common habitat either. Yeah, I, I was a little bummed that I was going through, again, in the dormant season and they didn't have needles. But, man, I remember walking, wading through a cypress dome and there were just these talansias, these um, air plants, like all over the place. And it felt like walking through an art museum. The way that it was arranged felt like the cypresses were acting as these like gallery walls and the talansia were all these like art pieces like hanging all over the inside of this gallery. It was really striking that the like backdrop that the cypresses could could form. Yeah, that's actually a really cool perspective. I hadn't thought about that, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a weird wet art gallery in the middle of a swamp. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you're walking through like a grassy kind of wetland area and, you know, dormant season, seeing cool things growing on trees is, you know, a tree mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. Now, did you come across any like cool snakes or anything like that? Um, I was shocked at the at the dearth of snakes. I think I saw like two or three garter snakes on the whole trail. And that was it. I didn't see any cottonmouths or rattlesnakes or anything. I think it was just cold was, okay. the, was the main thing. Lots of gators yeah. down south, but yeah. not too many snakes. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about bears? Did you get any encounters with them? No, dude. I had like the most boring <laughs> 3,000 <laughs> miles of hiking last year in the entirety of like the Florida Trail and the AT. I saw like one half of one bear. Oh my god! in Vermont. I saw like I saw like a big dark thing bolting through the woods running away from me in Vermont. Uh, but no, no like significant wildlife encounters on the Florida Trail. Some weird dog and human encounters, but no, yeah. no yeah. crazy wildlife stuff. Yeah, I, I think every almost every time I interview somebody, they talk about the dogs. And I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> we got to really do something with the dogs because too many people are bringing it up. Yeah, I, I I think people are work the like Florida Trail communities uh working with neighbors of the trail to get the dog thing under control. Yeah, let's. I hope so because it's gonna get bad if we don't. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there were some there were some hog moments in in oh, yeah. South Florida. Yeah, they would come through camp, super loud, but they don't they don't want to bother you if you're in your tent. They're just rooting around. Yeah, digging up native species. <laughs> Yep, making a mess uh -huh. of the whole habitat. As they sure do. Yes, yes. They're kind of loud, too. Yes. Um, yeah, so I remember you, I think you flipped off the Apalachicola section. Is that, <laughs> is that one of, like, your least favorite sections of the trail? Uh, it wasn't... Uh, I don't blame the Apalachicola National Forest as an entity. <laughs> it's just that a lot of horrible things happened all at once. Um it was February 21st, 2022. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was my craziest day in all of the hiking that I did last year. I'm actually working on like a long form comic right now telling the story of that day. Uh, this was also the day that I finished Apalachicola National Forest. But um, a, a really brief summation of events that day was like, I had hiked Bradwell Day, Bradwell Bay the day before injured my ankle um by like tweaking it on like uh submerged roots i think fell behind the group i was hiking with um because i was really like slow limping on this injured ankle 
Um, so got separated from my friends, almost got shot. Oh. Um, <laughs> there were some dudes having an argument far off in the woods, didn't know anyone else was around and started like firing randomly into the forest as a way Ooh. to express their anger. Oh my gosh. Which super healthy. Love yeah. it. Um, yeah, that happened. And then the swamp was just like, it wasn't wet it was just soggy and the mud was really bad so like like knee-deep mud in places um gosh got to town hotel didn't have any vacancy like my headlamp stopped working like it was my first 30 mile day of the trail because the place i planned on staying wasn't didn't have any vacancy it was just a, a disaster of a day um so yes oh my on my way at the apostola national forest i made sure to get <laughs> A picture of me like puffy eyes i just been like sobbing um <laughs> so my eyes are all puffy i'm like caked in mud and i just flipped the bird at and the logical national forest sign on and the then you out. just want to shower and you can't get anything that sucks yep 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 and it's funny the the friends that i had gotten split up from that morning um Without any communication about it, they also, on their way out, took a picture with all of them flipping off the ecological <laughs> National Forest sign. Um, it's just something that you feel uh, moved by the spirit to do on your way out. It's it's a beautiful forest, and I have a lot of respect for it. But I I want to go back and like redeem it someday um, because it's it's a magical place. But I had a bad time. <laughs> well, it's just like you get through one Tai Tai bog and then mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to be dry for a while. And then, mm -hmm. you know, a mile later, <laughs> it's another section. And you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it just keeps, you keep thinking you're done being yeah. shin deep in muck. And then it just doesn't stop. I had a, I had a full on like nervous breakdown <laughs> in that song. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah, I think people, you know, we talk about Big Cypress so much. And I mean, a lot of people do talk about Apalachicola somewhat, but mm -hmm. it, it it definitely rivals like the difficulty sometimes of Big Cypress because of all of A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that, that the Apalachicola region was way more emotionally and physically difficult than Big Cypress was. Yeah, and the, and the water is usually colder up there because... Yeah, <laughs> it's it. You know, it's the south, it's the deep south. So it's like, you know, it's not South Florida anymore. You don't get the, the mm -hmm. tropical weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're in Florida, Bama. Yes, at that point, as they call it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man, but I mean, okay. Besides, you like Apalachicola, like kind of for like you know, obviously the picture plants are there, and they do have yes. a habitat. It's a great place. Yes, um, we love her. <laughs> maybe not the best for like the FT sometimes, but was there any other places that you didn't particularly like so much? Mm, that was the only place that I was like questioning my own sanity and whether <laughs> or not I should keep hiking. Um, I mean, the road walks as to be expected are like boring, but at no point was I like, Oh my God, I'm so miserable. This is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. At at worst, other parts of the trail were like uninteresting, but not nothing filled me with such visceral rage as the <laughs> Apalachicola <laughs> National Forest. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so, did you hike with your group most of the time, or did you ever split off and hike alone? I did a lot of stuff by myself. I, I so there was that first crew that I fell in with at the beginning of the trail that like taught me how to be a through hiker. 
Um, and I split from them after a couple of weeks. And then we kind of bounced around. Like there was just kind of a bubble of us. I would say that I was by myself maybe two thirds or a half of the time. Okay. And then, um, uh, gosh, around the Sewanee, I started hiking with my friends, um, Bear Magnet, Mega Man, and Rascal. And we hiked together for a couple of weeks before I got injured. And then I ended up having to get off trail for a funeral and Mega Man got injured too. And we all kind of splintered up, but yeah, I didn't, I, I did hike with them and I was with them um, for that bit of, of Bradwell Bay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's always good to, I don't know. I like to hike with people, but it's always nice to have those times where you're just hiking by yourself and that little yeah. bit of solitude to really think and, um, I don't know, spend time with yourself, I guess I should say. Yeah. And it makes de decision-making at least for me a little easier. If my decisions don't affect anyone else, it takes yeah. a lot of the stress. Yeah. <laughs> so I do like, I, I, I enjoy spending time with people on trail, but I think I've become most comfortable when I'm hiking alone just because I don't have to worry about like hurting anybody else or like expecting too much of anyone else or anyone else expecting too much of me to kind of do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole trail family dynamic. Cause you start, be it really mm -hmm. does kind of become a family <laughs> and yeah. yeah, feelings can get hurt, but mm -hmm. yeah. So did you, since you said you didn't want to start the AT as your first, mm -hmm. so was AT always in the back of your head to do right after the FT? Yeah. Um, it was my plan to do the Florida trail and then take like 10 days to like do my taxes, like swap out some gear, say hi to some friends. And then, um, I actually wanted to hike from, uh, Alabama to me, do the Pinhoti and then connect it to the AT. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I went to go do my taxes and ended up owing the government way more money than I thought oh. that I did. <laughs> And that came out of my hiking fund. So I actually ended up having this weird, like, purgatorial four-month period where I was in the town I used to live in, working the job I used to work with the friends that I had. And I was just, like, reliving this really, like, sweet but, like, weird part of my life for four months while I, like, made some money real quick. And then, um, so instead of starting the AT northbound in middle of March, I started southbound uh beginning of july yeah yeah i was wondering I, I was wondering about that i was like i knew your work but i wasn't sure if it it was like planned like i well i'm gonna go work and then you just like i'm tired of <laughs> it was not planned <laughs> let me go back hike again at all. life is for me yeah i like walked back into the trader joe's that i used to work in in georgia and was like hi boss he was like oh my gosh hey how are you how was the hike and i was like great <laughs> he just looked at me and he was like you, you want to draw back it's like yes please <laughs> um it was, it was it was a lot of fun and i'm in retrospect really really glad that i took those four months off um i don't know if i would have been able to finish the at if i hadn't taken that time off oh oh what do you think just because of like like physical or mental or what was reasoning both i think um it just put me through the ringer T toward like north florida like after that whole crazy day with like the injury and stuff and I was in the last few hundred miles, I was starting to look at like, look around, look at what I was doing. And just, I got really like, mm, I don't know the, the best word for it. Like existential in a, in a hikery way. I was just mm -hmm. like, what's the point of this? I'm just like walking around 
on highway shoulders, blowing money, eating garbage food and like smelling like an animal. Like, why am I here? Like, th is this a good idea? Like what? So I think taking a few months off to really process what had happened internally with me on the Florida trail was really valuable in deciding to go ahead with the AT. Um, and if I hadn't had the time to reflect and to acknowledge that directing was what I needed to be doing last year and was really valuable, um, I don't think I would have been nearly as confident with myself going into the AT. Yeah. So was it disorienting at first going back to working at Trader Joe's and I don't know, being in that like, honestly, <laughs> in a consumerist kind of way, even though Dude, you felt it was like, wild. Yeah, I mean, even though you felt like all that existential stuff with the hiking, I mean, it's got to be existential getting back into the real world, too. Yeah. So the end of the Florida Trail for me was really, really intense. I ended up in my final two days hiking a total of 80 miles. And I was just, like, dead. So within, like, a week, I hiked, you know, like, a 50-mile day on my last day, drove to Georgia, suddenly owed the IRS all this money, cried in my friend's kitchen for a little bit, and then had to like find a place to rent, find a job, and was at the job. Like this all happened within like seven days. Oh my God. And so I'm like at the cashier, at, like at the cash register at Trader Joe's, like ringing up somebody's like tofu onion rings or whatever. <laughs> and you know, they're just like, hey, how's your day going? And I just like, You're like I have um, no idea how to answer that question. <laughs> because ah, my brain is on fire and everything is really weird um yeah it was very strange it was it was great it, I was glad to work a job that was like relatively low intensity casual I could just like run around and stock pasta sauce and like make funny jokes with my friends but yeah it was a real weird transition going from like power hiking in Pensacola Beach until my feet were like ground beef. Uh, and then within a week, like making small talk with Rhonda over yeah. your favorite flavor of like <laughs> turtle gummies or whatever. Nuts. Wow. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. The story. <laughs> oh, yes. No, that's crazy. And, and then you turn around and four months later, you could finally get to do the AT. And yeah. So we can, yeah, I guess you weren't going, gonna go southbound. You said you were gonna planning to go northbound. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um now we're you know, southbound and July is even kind of a late start for southbound, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um I think the typical starting season for Sobos is like mid June to mid July. So I was like toward okay. the back of the pack. Um because a, a lot of Sobos really want to like jump on it early. In retrospect, I kind of wish I had started earlier, but I also wouldn't have had wouldn't have had the money. money if I yeah. started earlier. So <laughs> whatever. The trade off. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I kind of appreciate it because you were someone had told me. Oh, it was um. Oh my gosh, his name is escaping me. Anyway, I will ignore that. I will just say somebody <laughs> somebody told me when we were hiking, we'd gone to Stockton Harbors Ferry and he, he had told me uh -huh. a hiker had said to walk slowly so you can enjoy going through fall in New England. But when we were like already like we had our, our mileage down and we were like mm -hmm. we we're not gonna be seeing fall in, in New England. 
Um, yeah. So I got to enjoy, I really enjoyed like you showing fall, even like July and August, like things are a lot different up north in July and August than they are in July and August down mm -hmm. south. So Definitely. I appreciated as I was flipping through your photos again, going, oh, wow, you had this really cool experience seeing all those seasons in reverse than most hikers do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you're, you're a Southern person too. So how was that getting to experience the Appalachian Trail in that manner? Are you talking about just like seasonally or just yeah, in general? Just as a seasonally, southbounder and as a seasonal. Yeah. Just, I think it's all like an interesting, yeah. different perspective. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to start off with the seasonal thing, it was pretty great um once i started in the hottest part of the year but i was up at like relatively high elevation in new england so even though when you're going up the god-awful climbs in um maine and new hampshire and you're like pouring sweat you can at least like sit at the, at the top of a mountain and cool off like immediately yeah or just like put your face in an icy cold stream <laughs> um that was really nice. I also started late enough that I didn't get any of the really bad flies, mm. which was one perk of starting in July um, up in Maine. Um, the drought was really bad last year in the mid-Atlantic. So it is what it is. You had to oh, do yeah. some long water carries yeah. that like with that weird late summer drought. And then fall was really weird because it went from being really hot. And then a cold front came through. I remember it was on the equinox i was in harper's ferry on the equinox and the cold front was just like bam and it went from highs in the 80s to highs in the 50s in the space of a week wow so there was no like a gradual descent into fall it was summer and then it was fall um and fall was really beautiful for like two or three weeks and then it got really cold and then I was mad about it <laughs> for those two or three weeks. It, it was beautiful. Um, I got to hike through Shenandoah. That's when the fall color, fall color really started to, to pop, um, which was great because those are the first, going southbound, that those are the first good mountain views you've had in like a month. Yeah. Um, and then I got like beautiful, like stunning fall all the way through like Woods Hole, the hostel, um, Parisburg, mm -hmm. Virginia. And then uh, on, it was the day or two after I left Woods Hole, I ended up hiking through this like really gross, like uh, foggy, icy storm. It was kind of precipitating, but everything just like started freezing. Everything got super icy. All the leaves just like froze and fell my water bottles were like freezing in my backpack. Like, wow. It was very cold. <laughs> I had to hike <laughs> over this bald mountain, like, and everything was just icy, icy, icy. And it was, it was weird because it, because it did happen so fast. Like in the space of a month, I went from like wearing shorts and having to like go into Walmart and buy a t-shirt because my button up is too hot. Mm -hmm. to like wearing every piece of gear I owned and I couldn't stop moving or else I would freeze. Wow. Um, so I didn't get the best fall ever. Um, <laughs> I got summer and then three weeks of niceness and then cold. And cold. Yeah. And I was, I was pretty pissed about it. Uh, for the last two or three weeks of my hike, I was honestly really checked out. I just wanted it to be over because it, it got a lot colder than I was anticipating. Yeah. It wasn't as enjoyable as it had been. <laughs> no. It was not. 
Did, now, did you get to hike with anybody or did you, I guess, was there any kind of bubbles going southbound? I don't know how popular southbound is for hike, the AT these days. Yeah, I think I, I never saw the final tally. I think from um, Katahdin, there were like maybe 400 Sobos. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were little bubbles that formed. Um, but everyone's pace was really different. Like I would see the same people like, here and there. From, like you kind of know who everyone is going southbound. Yeah. Um, but there was no definitive bubble. Um, okay. her, when when Hurricane Ian hit, everyone had to get off trail, and that kind of forced us into bubbles for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was ca- like camping and operating alone for I think like twelve weeks. Oh, wow. um, at, at one stretch, yeah, I got I got honestly pretty lonely. Um, but yeah, between the White Mountains and Central Virginia, I was pretty much a, a solo um, person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though I did I did end up finding some people in the Virginia Triple Crown area um, who became like I, I was so sick of being alone. They they were hiking. Like their their daily pace was a little slower than mine, but I was like, "Screw it, you guys are really cool. I'm gonna slow down and just hang out with you for a couple of weeks, which is great." And we're all still friends, and we keep in touch and have like video chats and. Oh, that's we're awesome. trying to plan a plan a fall uh, family reunion. <laughs> oh, cool! That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know I I know like you said Southbounders, there's more of them than there used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that solo period. Um, I'm, I'm sure you saw northbounders as you were passing, right? Um, I stopped seeing northbounders by the by the time I was in like Connecticut. If I was seeing a northbounder, they were like sprinting to make oh, wow. it to Katahdin on time. Um, so I I did see occasional northbounders, but um, for most of that stretch when I was by myself, I was like truly by myself, like lots of shelters to myself. I would I would see other sobos and like chit chat with them and kind of bounce back and forth, but I was not like consistently with, with, with any one group. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No, I mm. like, I don't know. I always dream about like hiking in those off seasons, the AT and seeing it in mm-hmm. that different perspective. I know it'd probably get old and a little lonely, like you said, <laughs> at some yeah, point, I, but I still think I would have preferred that to being in the Nobo bubble and competing for resources with like 30 other people that are in the same like pack as you. Yeah. It sounds really intense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you finish, and so you're done. You're like, yay! I hiked all these three thousand miles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I was like, yay. It was more like, Ugh. Uh, and just yeah. you look like, <laughs> your photo at this at Springer looked. You were like, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm. I was spent. Though it felt good to be spent to know that like I had like put one hundred percent of myself, like my soul and body, into this thing. And I was broken at the end of it, but that's how it needed to be, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, like my hair was falling out. I had tendonitis in both oh, knees, God. like a super skinny. I couldn't have like a normal conversation for a couple of weeks. I just like had to figure out how to use my words again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a it was a strange time transfer like transitioning back into the normal life. life. Again, it's it's the same thing as with the Florida Trail, like you're having this really harrowing, important, like physical, emotional, spiritual experience. And then, you know, 
your mom picks you up at the bottom of the mountain and she's like, Hey, sweetie, how's it going? And you're yeah. like, Oh my God, I can't answer that question right now, bro. It's just yeah. like, let's go get a hamburger. I can't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And I'm sure every through hiker experiences that we're suddenly like, Oh, it's over. The life you've been living for the last three months is And you want to talk about it. And some people genuinely want to know, but you can't put it into words like how you feel Mm -hmm. or the moments that you're like crying down the trail or the times you're like, I hate this trail so much. (laughs) But then you're like, yeah, you know, oh, my God, I love this trail so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. Um, It's one of those things you just got to do because people when I t- tell them about the Florida trailer, the AT, they're like, Oh, like, was that nice? Yeah. And you're just like, I can't, that's not a yes or no kind of question. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was nice until I hiked in the cold for two weeks and it rained. Every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's nice and it's awful and it's hard and beautiful and simple and complicated. And it's a lot of things. Yeah. Well, I do want to transition a little bit to some of your, there's other subjects that you, uh, things that you do. I know you make art as well. Did you get into that Mm -hmm. from your landscape architecture or was that something you've always kind of done too? Uh, I got into art. I was always like an artsy kid. I was always like keeping weird sketchbooks full of like sad, bad, like manga drawings or whatever. (laughs) It was in middle school and high school. Um, and then in college, uh, I was really active on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I was one of the like those kids, <laughs> um, and I just like drew a comic. Not even a comic. It was just a little cartoon drawing of me and my like boyfriend at the time. It was this cute little thing, and I just posted on Tumblr, and it got some reaction to it. And then I was like, "Well, gosh, that was a fun way to express my emotions." And I like <laughs> did another one, um, and that got even more of a reaction. And then. By like the fourth or fifth little comic I posted, um, a, a friend came to my dorm room, knocked on my door, and had his laptop in his hand. And he was like, "Hey, I think you're on the front page of Reddit right now." Wow. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, I was like, in this weird like mental place. I was like very depressed. This is this is when I was in music school and like kind of kind of going through it. Um, and I ended up like having this really fun like well received webcomic for a while. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was strange. I I was like Tumblr famous, quote unquote. Um, and I maintained that for a couple of years before I kind of found other ways to express myself that worked better for me and kind of let comics lay dormant for a while. But mm-hmm. comics did overall become my like favorite way to express myself and to like recount experiences and like explore my relationship to the world that I live in. Um, and I've I've like drawn comics on and off ever since but not regularly though um this october (laughs) i'm gonna be posting panels like i don't know between like one and four panels a day of a comic um for inktober and and i'm gonna be telling the story of that like crazy day in apalachicola national forest that's and i'm really looking forward to to exploring all of the like wild emotions that you can experience in a single day on a trail like that no, I am excited to to see that. I really liked the art that you have produced for from your hikes and uh, you know your. I think you do some of it digital sketching too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I used to do just like pen and paper, just you know whatever mm-hmm. pigment liner stuff. But I now use an iPad and Procreate, um, which is 
been a big game changer for me. It's a really fun, intuitive way to, to do it. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I have not done really any digital art at all. So I think what I've seen so many people have been able to do with that medium is so expressive more than I would have mm -hmm. ever expected. And um, I mean, your, your, your stuff looks like paintings. Like if you didn't look close enough, you would think that, you know, some of it's are acrylics or oils and um, yeah. Yeah. They're really cool. I really like them. I hope, I hope Thanks. it'd be cool to see, I don't know, frankly, a book of like, of hiking art. Honestly, I would buy it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can see my, I don't know. I feel like if anyone through hikes, all their friends and family are like, you should write a book. But I feel like every book that could possibly be written about backpacking has already been written. Yeah. Um, but I can see, like, I don't think a comic a, book has been yeah, written. Not a comic, a comic book or an art book. Like that's definitely yeah. different. If people don't, that's, that's something that would be new. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I say keep it up. I mean, you're really talented and I, you know, I don't know where you're going with your career and life and hiking and all Me of that. Me neither. I think <laughs> keep the art going for sure. Yeah, I always will. Yeah. And well, so you've also talked about, you know, your, your like love of plants and botany too. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, you learn, I mean, what do you learn in landscape architecture? Are you, are you learning like actual botanical things like that or is it more design based yeah so the the field of landscape architecture planting is like a one piece of the puzzle for all of it um but it's a, a landscape architect really looks at like a really big picture and it's a really like broad career field you could be designing everything from like national parks like huge spaces to like people's front yards to college campuses or like beaches and marinas like anything that's not a building and is outside is what landscape architects do and it's everything from plants to pavement to lighting and like how water is treated on a site and the thing that i'm really interested in that career field is since landscape architects, also known as LAs, um, what they do has a huge impact on the environment and the ecosystems around them. And not there's not, there aren't many bridges between ecological sciences and the practice of landscape architecture. And I'm really interested in how um, the position of a landscape architect can be leveraged to improve ecosystems and to really like uh acknowledge and appreciate the complexity of ecosystems especially when it comes to um plant ecology yeah but i'm i'm still like really really early in my career i've only been in it for a few years and like who knows where i'm going yeah who knows what's well, gonna happen yeah no i mean if you stick with it that's a really cool way to focus just because especially you know landscape architects and designers they're like the they're at the front forefront of you know native plants and changing mm -hmm. the way we think about our landscapes and mm -hmm. you know, they influence how everybody else does it on down to you know what shows up at home depot exactly yeah yeah i think i think a lot of what needs to change in regards to all that is like a like very large systemic stuff but it does start with just like normalizing native plantings and yeah normalizing you know be, how, being sensitive to things that aren't just humans yeah yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, you've done some like field work and you've gone and done like, you know, botanical surveys and things like that. Is mm -hmm. that something you want to pursue more of in the future? 
yeah, I would love to find a way to make my job more outdoors focused. Right now, I'm I'm pretty much all office based, um, and there is a place for that. I think there's value to it. Um, I think that I need to run around, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> so eventually, being in some sort of role where I do get to go out in the field and like monitor sites and be a little more hands on with the landscape, that would be the dream. Um, but for now, I'll just plan elaborate vacations that involve lots of running around <laughs> outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of elaborate vacations, so like, do you any more hikes planned <laughs> in the next couple years? Nothing planned. I'm trying to determine if through hiking is like what I need to do to experience places. Mm -hmm. um, because again, it's it's not just about the trail. It's about like the culture that you're a part of. And I'm really evaluating, like, if through hiker culture is the way that I want to experience the world, or if, you know, if I could pursue something that's based in scientific field work and explore the world that way. So right now, I'm, I'm, I'm really taking time just to, like, sit back and think about how I want to relate to the world and how I want to be in it and explore it and move through it. Um, yeah. That being said, there are trails that I would love to do to, 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 to <laughs> again someday. Um the Pacific Northwest Trail has always kind of piqued my interest. Uh, that's one that goes from Glacier National Park over to the coast of Washington. Yeah. yeah. So 1,100 miles. Um, and then, man, seeing um, out and about <clears throat> Jason yeah. Tompkins, yeah. seeing mm -hmm. him hiking through uh, Newfoundland. Yeah. Dang. yeah. I'm going to need to hike Newfoundland next year, honestly. <laughs> I'm kind of scheming, scheming a, a, a trip to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really appreciate that you brought up like how hikers can experience being in the world without necessarily like through hiking. Like, I think it's great that we, mm -hmm. that we do commit and do through hikes. I think it says a lot about us. Like, okay, we su were successful. We were able to do that, but mm -hmm. there is this like culture of like, I must do every hiking trail out there and I must post it and I must live this life for, a decade of you know mm -hmm. being a trail um uh what's the word trail trash is what i should, should say of, mm -hmm. of being that mm -hmm. life and that that life has um there's a lot of you know pros and cons to that life and i think a lot of yeah. people look at that very intently and you know mm -hmm. i've you know i've been out of that world for so long now and i even think about myself i'm like do i even want to do a long hike okay maybe a 300 mile when that sounds yeah. reasonable but yeah. i don't know the pct I, think, I don't know anymore <laughs> yeah yeah and i think just from a naturalist perspective like yeah like hiking 2000 miles is cool and like it's an important journey for a lot of people it was a really important journey for me mm -hmm. but as a naturalist like that's not the best way to experience no. something because you you have to move like you can't really stop and smell the flowers and eventually you get really tired of stopping and smelling the flowers and you just like want to hike your 20 miles so that you can get to your campsite and make your noodles and like put your feet up and yeah you know hang out with your friends so yeah i'm i think through hiking it's, it's just structured to kind of move really fast and i don't know if that's what i'm looking for yeah maybe i'll i'll need that again someday but I want to dwell in places. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
I'm always impressed, like Sheriff Woody, like how much he is like, I know <laughs> on a trail. I'm like, Woody, phone <laughs> out with you constantly because he's like, yeah, he, so much. I'm like, I would be like so slow because of it. Like, Ooh, there's this gall. Dude, this. he's a, he's a ninja. I, I hiked with him for 10 days last year. He, he was f filling in a section that he had missed on his through hike. And we had been Instagram botany buds, but had never gotten to hang out before. And yeah, he can move and he can put down serious miles and also just like take pictures of a ton of stuff. Man, that's um, crazy. That is an efficient man right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I could become like Sheriff Woody and enjoy the world like that, that'd be great. But I'm not. I'm like you. Like, I would like to move slow. And that's how I am these days. That's why yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I would much rather like walk a mile, but I've seen so much in that mile than, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you know, put in a 20 mile day. I mean, there's been yeah. a business, so. And I think th that's important to acknowledge too in, in the thriving world, but also like society in general, like some people do, like they thrive when they're like always moving and everything is always new. And like, they're just popping around from place to place to place and just like experiencing everything all at once. But I, I think the biggest lesson I took from all of my through hiking was like stability can be really great and like doing the same thing every day and sleeping in the same bed and having a shower and a stable community and like that is like okay to want mm -hmm. um and that's what I found myself like wanting and needing the most in all of last year so some people you know through hike one trail and then they're like oh my gosh I have to triple crown immediately and then they just dedicate their whole life to just like hiking and traveling which is like works for some people I think I, had, I, I learned last year that maybe that's not not my style yeah. as a as a long-term thing but yeah sure do you learn a lot about yourself when yes, you, you do. <laughs> walk 2,000 miles alone <laughs> that is absolutely true absolutely true well I want to I don't want to get too much more of your time but if you have any you know final thoughts about your hikes uh you know telling people about if they want to hike the Florida Trail like um, you know, things, any advice for folks who might be listening, um, or, you know, even for the AT, AT and um, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. I think the biggest thing for me, and this is coming from someone, like I can be really competitive with myself and a, I can be like a major perfectionist and a big like performer for other people. And I think I definitely hiked too fast. Um, and I put pressure on myself and like set weird deadlines, like mm -hmm. internal deadlines to like make miles. And I was warned against it and I didn't listen to the warnings, which is very <laughs> silly, but I will forward those warnings to other people. It's like, the, do, the, there is no rush other than like, like seasonal stuff. Like if you're trying to outrun winter, like, okay, I get it. But um, just knowing that when you're out doing that, like you are there to like be in the moment and to enjoy every second of it so yeah don't rush take your time do slow miles take zeros smell the flowers that's yeah. that's my my vanilla advice not very yeah. exciting no uh <laughs> i think it's a uh, little buddha he's like he has no qualms mm -hmm. about taking a zero or three and you know he's mm -hmm. got so miles under his belt i think he's gained all of that wisdom after all of those tr those trail miles but uh mm -hmm. yeah there is no pressure um as long as you're not up against some major deadline, then just relax. Yeah. yeah. Just relax. That's, that's the ticket. Just yeah. chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have social media? Well, I know you have social media, but you want to share your handle mm -hmm. on Instagram and anywhere else people want to follow. Yeah. Um, so for comics, which 
will be published in the month of October. No promises after that, but for fun hiking art, uh, infinite nap, no spaces, all over case is the handle for that. Uh, and then if you want to follow along with my silly life and see my sometimes botanical posts and outdoor musings, uh, my handle is cjarv, just C-J-A-R-V. That's where I hang out. Perfect. I'll put all of that in show notes. So if people are listening, they're like, I don't remember what that was. It'll be there and you can click on that. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you chatting with me and talking about all of that. And I touching on some things that I've also been wanting people to talk about and uh, mm-hmm. topics that I think the hiking community needs to bring up a little more often. And uh, I do appreciate you talking about all of that. So again, Definitely, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me chit chat. Yeah, perfect. That's it for my conversation with 2022 Florida Trail Through Hiker Claire Jarvis. Show notes for the episode can be found at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast over the last several years and haven't left a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please consider doing so. It will greatly help the podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode, and until next time, happy hiking.